Hi, my name is Eddie, and you're listening to the Kuyanet Podcast, where we discuss the Bible, mission, theology, and world Christianity. Don't forget to subscribe if you don't want to miss any future episodes. Welcome. Hello. Uh, today I'm with Dr. Jennifer Hu, who I hope I've pronounced that correctly. Um, Jennifer, where are you speaking from? Yeah. Hi, Eddie. I'm speaking from Penang, Malaysia, uh, in Southeast Asia. And uh, yeah, Penang's an island, uh, one of the seven, uh, 13 states in Malaysia. Yeah, uh, I think we have, my country has made the news for different reasons. So I think many would be familiar with Malaysia, I hope. Yeah, and I think a lot of people in the UK will have met Malaysians in the country. There are a fair number of Malaysians in the UK. Yes, especially for uh, Penang, uh, because we were uh, one of the three Straits settlement during British colonial times. Yeah, so a lot of um, uh, legacy <laughs> left behind by the British, yeah, including actually uh, Christianity. All right. Well, be- before we start to talk about um, your faith, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your family? Yeah, uh, we are a family of four. I'm uh, Jennifer. I just finished my uh, dissertation, uh, Doctor of Missiology, and now uh, turning to more domestic <laughs> matters at home. Uh, I, I'm homeschooling my uh, daughter, young daughter. She's 11. She's my special born uh, because she's adopted. So instant baby. <laughs> and uh, also... My son, my firstborn, Aiden, he's uh, 16 this year. Uh, my husband, Matthew, he lectures at a local seminary and his area of interest is spiritual direction and formation. Yeah, so it's been uh, helpful to have a husband as a spiritual director as yes. well. <laughs> yes, I can see most, that. Most of the times, yes, definitely. I, I like that your, your son is named Aiden. Um, I come from the northeast of England, and uh, Aidan was a saint from my part of the world. So um, a nice connection there. Yeah, it actually was deliberate. Uh, yeah, we've actually brought him to northeast uh, okay. England. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Saint Aidan. Yeah, we went uh, to stay at the sea houses there, somewhere okay, there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then we went to Linda's Fun and it was really an amazing experience. And for him as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we found out what St. Aidan died standing up. <laughs> but I mean, most importantly, he was a wonderful uh, person, a real humble servant of God. Yes. And his name means fiery one, right? Aidan actually means fiery one. Yes, so, I understand uh, so. Yeah, so my, my son's pretty fiery, so at times we think whether, it, yeah, we should name him something else, but yeah, he, he has a lot to live up to. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's a great name, and I, I, I'm, it, it makes me very happy. Uh, I was actually named after one of the early kings of Northumbria too, um, Saint Edwin. My name is Edwin, not Edward. Um, so I, I was named after a Northumbrian king and saint. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. 
So um, you've mentioned that, um, you know, Malaysia, Malaysia has um, connections with the UK, but could you just say a little bit more about the country for those who aren't very aware about it? Okay, um, Malaysia is uh, known to be like multicultural, uh, multi-ethnic and multicultural. Uh, it has uh, populations about 32, 33 million. Yeah, it's uh, one of the ASEAN countries, uh, which is, uh, we are next to Singapore, Mm -hmm. uh, Philippines, Thailand, Indonesia, so we are somewhere in the middle. But it's not just about peninsula, we also have two states uh, over at the island of Borneo, and that's uh, Sabah and Sarawak. Yeah, so, um, it's different parts, yeah, will have different sort of like uh, people groups, yeah. predominantly people groups, yeah. But where I come from in Penang, uh, on the island itself, uh, it's uh, more Chinese in the sense than Malay, which in Malay is actually the dominant uh, ethnic group. And that's about maybe about 60, about, uh, yeah, almost 60%. Yeah, okay. of the population, whereas uh, Chinese is around uh, 20%. Yeah, so, and we have Indians as well, which is about 6%, and indigenous groups, about 12%, and other groups, Eurasians, and uh, different uh, uh, people who have come over as well. So oh. we are mixed pot, we are melting pot. <laughs> yeah. and, and that may become relevant as we, as we go on in our discussion. Now, you just mentioned in passing that you've recently finished your doctoral thesis. Um, congratulations, well done. Thank you. Yeah, it has been a long journey, challenging <laughs> journey, but uh, very meaningful for myself, actually. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Now, the, the subject was hospitality to the other. Mm. Um, as, as with doctoral theses, the title was longer than that. But as that, that is the, um, the, the central theme. Could you explain what you mean by hospitality to the other? Okay, uh, hospitality, um, when I used it, is referring to biblical hospitality. So it's, um, it goes beyond like uh, the common understanding of uh, hosting and entertaining. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so it's, it's yeah. not just inviting somebody around for dinner. Yeah, I mean, it, it does, I mean, include that, you know, okay. but uh, very, uh, it's, it's just a small part of it. And um, hospitality to the other, because actually, this all stems from my observations of how uh, Malaysian believers relate and engage with the migrant groups and refugees mm -hmm. among us. And we have a very big population actually of migrant workers and refugees if you add them up maybe it's maybe uh, even almost the same number you know of Chinese okay. <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, we have the of course the official numbers but also the unofficial numbers given by those who do the ministries yeah, yeah in the field yeah so what happens now is that Yes, uh, there are ministries by the local churches uh, reaching out to migrant workers, ministering to their needs, as well as uh, refugees. But um, often it's more as a separate 
type of ministry. So mm-hmm. it's either uh, there's someone in charge and that person does the ministry. Maybe the church will just support by uh, finances, all that. And um, it becomes uh, uh, functional in that sense. Yeah, yeah. and there, there are such people groups all around us actually. Um, yeah, everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, in the hawker centers, uh, food courts, uh, we call them food okay, courts, yeah. Uh, yeah. hawker centers, and in, in our homes and the workers, you know, uh, in security guards. So the migrant workers are over, and I see that, um, yeah, even believers, not all, but you know, for, a, for many, these uh, people groups just become like uh, landscape people. Okay. They are like, part of the landscape mm-hmm. um, in the sense yes you might say hi or bye or you may not even pay them any attention see so I, I find that this mindset of relegating uh, you know uh, engagement towards uh, the migrant workers and refugees to part of the ministry of the church and all that is um, not very uh, <laughs> helpful in the long term yeah. yeah. So you know, as someone that is uh, doing doing all the work and the needs are tremendous, you know, especially uh during the pandemic, yeah. Yeah. You know, to have you know minister to many of them who were really even trapped in their homes and not being able to get food, you know, like families, mm-hmm. yeah. But on hindsight, um, the churches have, uh, many churches have actually uh rallied around and been mobilized to help out yeah but uh my 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 thoughts are always uh can we can we bring it down to the ordinary the daily life yeah yeah can, can we engage someone can we cross those barriers of uh, socially culturally racially you know can can we as believers be different and cross that barrier so uh yeah that's why in the end I decided to do this uh, uh on this topic mm-hmm. for my dissertation. So hospitality, uh biblical hospitality is uh more of an extension of an acceptance, you know, uh, of God's love, you know, for yeah. extending his love and acceptance to another person, another person um and then welcoming them, you know into functioning not reciprocal relationships yeah so i i feel that uh when i hit upon the word hospitality it's like a summative word it, it just yeah. fell into place and i i just wanted to find out more about it you know because i i i knew that i could dig a lot more into it so yeah, uh, yeah what i did was actually to uh, do a reflection mm-hmm. biblically as well as uh, theologically yeah so the whole title of mm-hmm. my dissertation is basically hospitality to the other someone who is different from us yeah. uh, a mission paradigm of relationality to the marginalized migrant uh, workers and refugees in Malaysia so I, I narrowed the scope you know and uh, yeah. Uh, sort of like considered other the migrant uh, workers and refugees as the other capital O yeah. because they are a group that is definitely marginalized here and 
yeah, social sociologically. Yeah. The other is defined as a, a dominated, you know, outgroup. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So that would like fit into mm -hmm. yeah, that category. So I did a biblical reflection and a theological reflection, which has, yeah, I find that it has enriched my own understanding. Yeah. So why do you think it was important to do a biblical and theological reflection? Why not just get on and um, be hospitable? Why do, why, do, why do you need to reflect? Why not just do? I mean, hospitality is not uh, uniquely Christian. Yeah. Sense. Yeah. If uh, we understand it, it's like uh, there are many good people around who are non-Christians and they are hospitable. You know, they are mm -hmm. kind, they extend, yeah. you know, acceptance and love to others as well. Um, so, you know, I need, we, I just find the body of Christ needs to dig deeper into what makes it um, biblical hospitality different. Okay. Yeah. And, and it's not necessary in our environment in Malaysia because um, we are very plural. We are multicultural. We are yeah. multi-religious. So, you know, uh, it's like you are our faith in a sense, our mm -hmm. Christian faith is one of many. People can have like a buffet <laughs> yeah. of what they want to try. You know? And then if hospitality in the sense of showing good doing good deeds and being yeah. kind to others, then there are other religious groups that can do it in a way better, more efficiently yeah. on a larger scale. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what what makes Christian hospitality different? Yeah. So I, I felt that yes. I had to go back to the word as well as also think through theologically like is God actually hospitable? <laughs> yeah, so I mean, yeah, I, I felt that uh, I, I needed to distill all the available resources around and thought for yeah. myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to be able to um, articulate it in a way I can understand it and Hopefully that I can share with uh, my fellow uh, Malaysian believers as well. Yeah, that will inspire them to also uh, be hospitable. Excellent. Yeah, it's a so, work in progress. <laughs> yeah, it, it always is. And what would you say are some of the distinctives of Christian hospitality as opposed to uh, secular hospitality or from other religious groups? Yeah. Um, I think motive and intention yeah. are one of it. Um, it could be for gaining merits in that sense. Yeah. If you, you do something good, uh, it could be for a certain uh, uh, benefit to the host mm -hmm. as well. And it's uh, uh, sometimes it's you scratch my back, I scratch your back, you know, in that yeah. sense. And not to say that this has not happened in church history. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it, it has happened and all that. But mm -hmm. uh, biblical hospitality is, uh, goes beyond that. It's not just a practice, but it's actually an attitude as well. The openness, yeah. Um, the, uh, yeah, openness of the heart towards someone who is different. Mm -hmm. So um, 
I believe we all have this grain of uh, ethnic, ethnic uh, centric. Yeah, all the ethnic ethnocentrism. Yeah, yeah, ethnocentrism. Yeah, to a certain extent, certain degree, and mm. uh, I think we need to be challenged by the word of God. That um, yeah, uh, even in the Old Testament, uh, hospitality and the New Testament, how uh, the word speaks about it. Because yeah. um, yeah, even in Old Testament, you don't find the word hospitality. But there are good insights from the Old Testament regarding mm -hmm. um, how we engage uh, strangers and foreigners. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I mean, I did examine some of it like, uh, are there limits? Yeah. Are there limits to being mm -hmm. hospitable or do we just throw open the door and welcome everyone? Yeah, yeah so that, that uh, gives some food for thought. Looking at the Old Testament uh, associated concepts such as uh, yeah I think you know the resident alien the girl and the czar and the nokri they are, they are different they are different yeah. so uh, I think uh, believers need to look at it and think through yeah, yeah think through as well yeah reflect through it and uh, for New Testament uh, for me the greatest takeaway was probably that Hospitality will be so crucial in times of persecution, mm. just as it was before in I Romans, right? Paul says, yeah. pursue hospitality. And I, I felt that it was like a word play because the Christians are being pursued. Yeah. <laughs> and yet, yes. he, uh, you know, he, he calls people to pursue it, you know, pursue it, you know, even though... Um, yeah, you are suffering, you are under uh, oppression, mm -hmm. uh, pursue it uh, so that you can extend God's help to a fellow brother and sister mm -hmm. especially. So, uh, yeah, in Malaysia, we, we are not, you know, in the sense, uh, we have freedom, we are not under oppression. Yeah. You, one never knows. Yes. One yeah. never knows as a minority faith. So, uh yeah, I, I feel that let's not wait to that day yes. in the hospital. Yeah. So uh so it was important and that's the biblical part. Uh mm -hmm. theologically, uh, yeah, I I really actually enjoyed <laughs> just uh, reflecting on the Trinity. Yeah, as a hospitable God. Yeah, the the um, what to say? Uh, real yeah, the Trinity gives us such a wonderful model for relationality, mm -hmm. and it is something that ties in so beautifully to our context in Malaysia, because we can't just we can but we there are so many different uh people from different religions. We, we can't just like barge into their lives or yeah. you know like you're at the buffet you can't insist on someone eating your dish in that sense yes. or trying to persuade you know someone eating dish but it's like you enjoy <laughs> you enjoy you're enjoying the dish and the person mm -hmm. says oh what are you having it looks good you know something like yeah. that so yeah i mean yeah so god as a yeah trinity the communion of how you know um 
the Trinitarian members relate to each other uh, yeah, is something that really uh, shows us that um, hospitality is actually love shared. And mm-hmm. among the members, they are totally open to each other, totally, uh, uh, yeah, because the love is so pure. Yeah. So after I did that, I thinking, oh, okay, so how does the Trinity relate to creation, <laughs> right, as yeah. the other? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I examine like salvation history, you know, like creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. Examine host and guest rules, and I mean this were I mean there's many more, but um, few things for that stuck with me, and I felt okay. I highlighted them. Can yeah, I, can I just pause yeah. you there just to just to yeah. clarify? Um, because I think what you've said is really significant, and so I just want to make sure people grasp it. So you've talked about hospitality to the other. So that's within the Christian community, reaching outside uh, and in the, in the appropriate context to people who are not of our ethnic group, people who are marginalized. And you see that yeah. as a value. And yeah. then you've seen an analogy of that in the Trinity, reaching out to creation out of its, uh, out of God, God reaching out of God's self to the other, yeah. which is the broader creation. Am, am I catching what you're saying? Yes, yeah. But it's like more the, of course, the church is, has always been like very active in reaching out and yeah. helping all of that. But I felt that we need to go back to see uh, the nature of God himself. Yeah. As Trinity, how he is hospitable within himself. Know, through his own union, perichoritic union. And, you know, these were new things to me, like uh, looking at, you know, the thoughts of, you know, uh, the orthodox, you know, uh, uh, thinkers and theologians, you know, perichoristics. All these were very new things to me as well. And how God, as the Trinity, as a communion, okay, they are hospitable to each other. And the next part was to bring it, his God's hospitality to the other as creation. Yeah. And then, yeah, and of course, um, being able to um, draw forth certain uh, uh, qualities such mm-hmm. as, uh, yeah, such as uh, presence. God's hospitality is presence. Mm-hmm. It's uh, empowering. It's transformative. It's inclusive which might be a sensitive word to many but it's there he's inclusive and he's it's holistic it it's not just ministering to felt needs or no physical needs but the whole person yeah yeah so yeah after i've done that then i went on so as a church can we copy god no can we should we copy god and can we copy god of course we can we should copy God, but yeah. how can we in our fallen world, right? And with our, uh, you know, nature, <laughs> yeah, yeah. where love is not so mm-hmm. pure, how can we do that? So, uh, yeah, so it, it leads, it has to lead from who God is first and how the church can yeah. uh, copy him, emulate him, yeah. I That, that really resonates with me. One of the things that... Um, I argue quite a lot in in my writing is that we think about mission backwards. 
when we think about mission, we think about what should we do? What are our actions? And actually, I, I argue continually, we need to think about what is God doing? And our mission is defined in terms of how God is at work in the world. Um, because all that we ever do is just a part of God's much bigger work. He is the big yeah. one. And so our thinking about mission has to start with the Trinity and how is the Trinity engaging with creation mm. of which we form part. Yeah. I actually also wrote something very similar for my master's thesis was on uh, how the relationships in the Trinity influence our thoughts about Bible translation. Um, Precisely. I mean, we should start from there, but often it, I, I wonder, is it because that, you know, uh, theology, so-called theology remains in the realm of academia and then, you know, uh, the church, local church, the lay person, I mean, it's like there's no, sometimes the connection is not so clear. They're, they're not like uh, bouncing off each other ideas and things like that. Yeah, so, I mean, oh, very active. The yeah. church is very active in mission, uh, strategy and everything, but I, after all these years, I mean, being involved in um, uh, such areas, I, I see that the need to bring it down to relationships, yeah. seeing the people rather than just the task. I mean, of course, there's a place for task, but often yeah. the task is God's work, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the people part is something that we need to um, work on and to even uh, go beyond what it comes naturally to mm -hmm. us. Yeah. Something, um, yeah. You, something you mentioned earlier that um, I, I, I just wanted to explore a little more if we can, is you said that hospitality is reciprocal. Now, you, you then said that, um, you know, biblical hospitality isn't doing something in order to gain. Mm. It, it is self-giving but you also said it is reciprocal. Could you, um, there is a little paradox there. Could you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it's like, how to say it? Um, it's reciprocal, okay. Like the, when we have the example of roof, right? Yeah. Everyone talks of, <laughs> you know, I mean, in the sense that, you know, uh, yeah, you know, uh, hospital, she came in, all that. But she also, in the sense, was willing to integrate yeah yeah she was willing to integrate so it is also both ways mm -hmm. god drawing her in and she responding yeah, yeah. And, i mean uh recently uh, someone was telling me he has to preach on ezra 10 you know again you know where god just you know cuts off you know ask commands them to just cut off the strange women yeah. <laughs> and foreign women and one would think oh my is you no know, is god also inhospitable yeah. Uh, but then overriding all that is like God loves his people mm -hmm. and he wants to protect them. So the context is very important. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't mean the knockery, you know, the strange and possibly dangerous stranger yeah. will not be included into God's mm -hmm. kingdom. It does yeah. not mean that. I mean, he's like in Isaiah and all that, you know, foreigners are going to come and worship so uh in that sense yeah you have the reciprocal aspects of it yeah. but 
also the need to have that limits and boundaries. Yeah. So I'm not sure whether I've answered your paradox <laughs> question. I, yeah, I, I think to some extent, I just one of the things that I am um, continually struck by is the need to grant the other dignity. So especially mm. marginalized people, if they are always receiving and they can never give, they, 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 have, no, they have no dignity. And I think part of the recipro reciprocity in hospitality or indeed in mission is learning mm. to be blessed by the other. Um, yeah. I think the most important lesson I learned in Africa was to be blessed by Africans. I thought it was all about me giving, but learning to receive conferred dignity and validity on them in a way that me just preaching would never do. Yeah. I mean, it's like everything good can be twisted because of human yeah. nature. So, you know, even uh, the act of hospitality can turn bad. <laughs> just says with yeah. a hidden agenda or mm -hmm. with a need for control. No, so seemingly yes, you you want to minister to a marginalized group and all that, but uh, how you do it, as you mentioned, is very important. And the yeah. dignity, you, you're not just like tossing money, you know, at them or you know, like yeah. charity. So I I believe that's where um biblical hospitality is different. I mean, it they may not be able to return the favor and many times they will not be able to return the favor yeah. in kind <laughs> but often it's true if we really take the time to be attentive to their stories and to you know journey along with them that our lives will be actually very enriched yes and yeah, yeah. and <laughs> it's, it's, it's something that yeah money can buy <laughs> absolutely yeah um we could we could go on for a, a long time but um i i'd just like to to move the subject slightly differently now um, as you mentioned you've been to the uk you you have family here um uh, do you have any thoughts on the way that your research your insights into hospitality from a malaysian context could apply in the uk yeah, um, well, for instance, the part about the church, um, how can we emulate um, God's hospitality to us? Uh, mm -hmm. I looked at three metaphors. Uh, first one is the church as the redeemed. And the redeemed, in a sense, as an example of transformation. I mean, often we talk of church as agents, right? Out yeah. doing something. But um, churches as example of transformation that um, among brothers and sisters, we can uh, love and accept each other mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, show, extend that biblical hospitality and practice it among the body of Christ. I, I believe that itself uh, is a testament Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially I think UK churches now, uh, I've been on some online uh, services and all that. Uh, it's, it's wonderful to see the multicultural mixes in some of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I believe when there's true 
uh, acceptance and love and koinonia, it's a witness. Mm-hmm. So that would be one. And uh, as a body of Christ, uh, one usually thinks of body of Christ as unity in the body. But yeah. uh, I, I looked at it from the angle of a Christic body as the Christic body becoming an agent of reconciliation. Yeah, to uh, reach out to the other, religious mm-hmm. other, the cultural other, uh, socially other, yeah, and uh, to engage with them. Yeah, and of course, uh, one more is to be a church as a pilgrim people mm-hmm. that we, we are hope bearers. We, are hope, we bring hope uh, that to others, recognizing even I mean, non-believers. We are all fellow uh, pilgrims in this journey of life. Mm-hmm. Right? And that, yeah, we can bring that hope to them that uh, even the difficulties that they go through in this life, uh, can there is a God who cares for them and will yeah. help them through it to mm-hmm. the life that is ever, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of... Um, eschatological uh, hope that we can you know offer but even we don't have to wait that long right even now we, yeah. we can extend it to yeah uh, people who are marginalized so this are uh, my thoughts for even the Malaysian churches mm-hmm. and uh, being a pilgrim yeah one thing would mean um, looking at life here not hanging on too dearly to it uh, yeah. living uh in the light of eternity, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, yeah, that uh, I mean, I talked about finances because uh, migrant ministries and refugee ministries is really uh, financially dependent, and the church needs to rise up and give generously to yeah. such ministries and be willing to give, uh, mm-hmm. not expecting uh, any return in the sense that oh, you will increase your church membership or something yes, like that. Yeah, no no yeah. way. This this is like a you give, you know, you give mm-hmm. as unto the Lord. So uh of course that will happen when we ourselves know how to live as a pilgrim on earth. The body of the church needs to live as pilgrims. Yeah. yeah. This is not our final place, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah. So I, I hope that's that makes sense. It does. It makes sense. It's very helpful. I, I think, um, I, especially that latter, the uh, the notion of being pilgrims, but also, um, I, I think the question of reconciliation is one we've not explored enough in the UK. Um, be, we have a very fractured society, ethnically, religiously, uh, in lots of ways. And I think we need to explore more the notion as the church, as an agent of reconciliation. And ultimately, reconciliation comes through our reconciliation to Christ. But, um, you know, we are to be the glue that keeps things together. And actually, you are in a better position in the UK in the sense that you have much more freedom Uh, for us in Malaysia, we as Christians, we are a minority faith. Yeah. And I think in a way, uh, I think Peter Rowan's book has addressed it all that. There's this uh, tendency towards ghettoism 
and Could not I, I just, just you know religiously and yeah, yeah culturally as well yeah, yeah. Not, not everyone will know peter rowan um, oh, okay yeah, he, yeah he's you... a mutual, mutual friend of ours but um i interviewed yeah. him and i'll put a link to um the interview with him peter comes from northern ireland and mm. has worked in malaysia and has written extensively on the question of reconciliation sorry i interrupted you just but there'll be links in this so that um you can follow that up if you want to so yeah i, I mean although our contexts are different but in a sense the need to uh, go beyond ourselves i, I think mm -hmm. it's the same all over yes yeah, so, yeah i think so um mm. but i think we learn different lessons and different pressures in different settings yeah. just um just lastly um well not quite lastly but just having um visited the uk uh, from from malaysia do you have any so sometimes an outsider sees things more clearly than insiders do do you, do you have any observations about church in the uk that you think might be helpful well, uh, I've visited, but I've not stayed that long. Yeah. So uh, I visited, um, I've attended uh, contemporary, very contemporary uh, congregations as well as very traditional, yeah. I think even a Celtic group, you know, and things yeah. like that. So uh, I, I mean, definitely for y'all, from what I know, the numbers have uh, decreased in that yeah. sense. But uh, we did meet a retired missionaries who shared and they said that, well, true in terms of numbers, but those who remain are the faithful ones. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, so it's, it's like, yeah, that and this revival through, I think, immigrant groups that are coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that would be a wonderful opportunity to see the church body in its full no multicultural yeah, yeah sort of garb right yeah and um yeah but i i feel for the 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 young people perhaps stories most stories need to be told i mean to the young people like uh, i met this young man in uh, when we stayed in the airbnb in fact all the airbnbs that we went uh none of them were believers one even had yeah. a buddha statue and all that yeah so the young man also he didn't know but he it wasn't that he was against or uninterested mm -hmm. he just didn't hear about it yeah. and he said oh yeah my my grand you know grand, granny mm -hmm. you know is a christian but he he didn't know a lot about christianity and all that so you know my hubby shared with him and i i guess it's not that they are not interested but perhaps uh i, I don't know stories uh yeah. you have a rich heritage <laughs> which i believe still can inspire can inspire young people and uh yeah, it's the same here in Malaysia. It's a battle for their hearts. Yeah, yeah. It's a battle for their hearts. Mm -hmm. And for that, it's even more challenging because we have to show that we are enjoying the buffet and we are enjoying yes. life yeah. in Christ. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, these are some of my observations. But take heart. I mean, God is at work in the UK as well. It numbers 
leave those to him. <laughs> yeah, leave the number. Yeah. Yes, that, that's always a, a good reminder. Um, getting very close to the end, something I'd not uh, warned you about that I wanted to ask, um, just on reflection. What is your first language? My first language is actually uh, English because my, my parents, they are much older, so they lived through the colonial times. Okay. So my, yeah. So, you know, they had all those uh, dancers and the clothes, all that, you know, in the old photos when I look at them. So uh, they were already like uh, in the 50s when they had me, uh, they adopted me. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, in a sense, bananas. <laughs> yeah, uh, yellow outside, white inside. But my dad sent me to a Chinese-speaking primary school. Okay. Yeah, so I I'm so grateful. So I'm, I I yeah. So I picked up Mandarin. Uh, at home we also speak Hokkien, which is our dialect. Yeah. It's a predominant dialect in Penang. Uh, yeah. So, so for Malaysians. It's like so common, right? One sentence we can have four languages yes. of stuff. Yeah. But I I think and I yeah, I move work in English, yeah. Which well, is I don't know whether that's a good thing or not. Yeah. Probably, <laughs> no, I, I just the Bible translator in me. I, I apologize for <laughs> my phone there. Um I, as a Bible translator, I'm always interested in languages. Yeah, but, but yeah. Yeah, but it does affect in the sense how I relate to my own culture as a Chinese. Yeah. So I feel that in a way it's good because I have access to, you know, a lot of uh, opportunities and resources through the use of English. But in a way also, I I feel that, yeah, it is removed me somewhat from my own uh, Chinese culture. So I, I'm slowly regaining, mm -hmm. yeah rediscovering yeah that aspect in my life yeah uh, but that is possibly also the thing that has given you a sensitivity to uh immigrants and migrant workers that sense of being slightly an outsider <laughs> yeah i i think we did live abroad uh yeah yeah. And, uh, yeah so it was like having stepped into their shoes to a certain yes. extent matters so I, I think as believers, if we can just step into their shoes, mm -hmm. it might be through stories or just listening, you know, to them, their stories, their, their experiences, it, it would make a world of difference. Absolutely. Yes. And I, living, living outside of your home culture does change you. Yeah. Um, it change, can change you remarkably sometimes. A last couple of questions. Uh, just to get to know you uh, as a person um, a, a bit more. Could you share your, your favourite piece of music? And you're allowed to have two pieces of music if you want a Christian piece and a secular piece. Oh, it's, it's very hard. We, I know, I but this is, this is why I warned you. In, yeah. I warned oh, yeah, you in I advance. <laughs> and this is why I told you that some answer questions I couldn't answer. But I, I, I lived through the 80s. I mean, I like 80s music, yeah? in that sense, the circular Bonnie Tyler, Total Eclipse, you know, and I think we yeah. sort of like influence our kid as well. But I think for music, I mean, we listen uh, in terms of Christian music, we listen yeah. to all kinds. But I, I like uh, 
I like uh, Michael Card and Jesus Freak, uh, which is a DC Talk album. Okay, it's yeah. DC Talk. Uh, they did one very... I, I like the Colored People, Day by Day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I can just plug in and listen yeah. to it. <laughs> yeah. You make me, you make me feel old because my kids had that album. Oh really? <laughs> oh, really? Jesus Freak? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Did they play it for you to listen? Did you hear it or they had it? And did you um, actually I have heard it, but um, I wouldn't choose to listen to it. <laughs> the words, I, I mean, it gets to me like, you know, day, day by day is actually a 13th century prayer, right? Yes, Which, yeah, that, that is, yeah. I like that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I love it. And your favourite book? And again, book. if you if you want a sec sacred and a secular one, you can have two. <laughs> of course, yeah, those uh, thicker, <laughs> denser, uh, sort of in a sense mission related books. Yeah, Bosch, you know, and of course, there's Chris Wright that influenced me. But uh, not favorite, but impact me. I think in my student days was Richard. Foster's uh, celebration of discipline. Okay. Uh, yeah. Path of spiritual growth. Um, yeah. the thing like solitude and silence. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it, it it just paved the way for me to like explore more of it. Even now, I mean, yeah. with my husband in this uh area of interest and all. That. So um, I find that it has really uh enriched my evangelical life a lot yeah. more. Yeah, oh, with such practices. Yeah, yeah simplicity, solitude, mm -hmm. silence. Yeah, these are not the normal, yeah, practices that no. we hear in the churches here. So, uh, yeah, that that's it for us. And of course, um, it's a so-called children's book. C.S. Lewis, the Narnia series. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I could read it again and again, and I'm reading it to my daughter. I mean, we are reading it to a daughter. We, no oh, kids. Yeah. Yeah, and we are doing some theological discussion. We have a group that we are okay. discussing. Yes, Lewis's uh, theology, and mm -hmm. uh, we are using the Narnia series. We use springboard for discussion. Excellent. So, Excellent. Yeah, I, I'm enjoying that so much. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, so that's more than two. Yes, and you, but you, you get extra marks because you mentioned Bosch, um, which is a book that many people won't know, but for missionaries, he's really important. And Chris Wright, The Mission of God, you get extra marks. You pass with, <laughs> yeah. you pass with distinction. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, they are on my list of the most important mission books. Yeah, it, it really stimulate thinking, changing thinking which yeah i feel that the church you know should also yeah catch on yeah, and not uh, just leave it for yeah academia and you know yeah well what one of the big takeaways from my phd was that people doing mission and academics aren't talking together enough <laughs> and i i demonstrated that quite clearly um uh, anyway jennifer we're not here to talk about my PhD. That will bore everyone silly. Thank you. I so hope much. I have not bored you with mine. No, <laughs> no, yours is yours is because... yours is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I hope people will like to explore. Yeah. I mean, biblical hospitality. Read up. There's so much written on it. I I feel that 
uh, yeah, I'm just sort of like curating <laughs> other people's work, but uh, I, uh, but I feel strongly that lay people should be uh, exposed to all this as well. I mean, that's my yeah. desire that it goes down to the ordinary everyday living, you know, in the lot. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I think that's something you made very clear that I found very helpful. That this shouldn't just be a ministry; this should be life. Um, yeah. Precisely, yes. I, I'm very grateful. Thank you for being willing to give your time. Um, it's been very helpful, and I hope others are as blessed by it as I have been talking to you. Jennifer, thank you. Thank you, Eddie, for this time and this opportunity to share what's on my heart. You are more than welcome. Thank you for listening. Hope that you found this both interesting and informative. If you'd like more content like this, you can find it at our blog, www.kuya.net, or on our YouTube channel, KuyaNet. If you'd like to support this work, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash KuyaNet. The music is Adding the Sun by Kevin MacLeod from Incompetech.com, and it's licensed on a Creative Commons 3.0.